guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. We have another loaded week uh, of news and stuff. Uh, right as we went off the air last week and went to go uh, edit the podcast and everything, a couple trades broke, so we'll have some stuff from last week. And then we also had a busy draft weekend this weekend with a couple massive trades. Uh, so Chase, where do you want to start? Should we go to the draft? Yeah, may as well. Start there. Uh, so I guess, I don't... We can go the Devils at one, and then, because P.K. Subban, we're, I don't think we're going to break down the draft in too much depth. Uh, neither of us are really big prospect guys. We leave that to other people. But the big news, I think, was the, the Devils drafted Hughes at one, and then twenty under 24 hours later, they acquired P.K. Subban for what I'm going to call is almost nothing for a name value of P.K. Subban. About as close to a cap dump as you could possibly get while still getting assets back. Yes, and um, so the full trade was... I'm going to find it on NHL.com here. P.K. Subban for... They're calling it two players, two picks. <laughs> uh, Steven Santini, Jeremy Davies, and a second-round pick in 2019, and a second-round pick in 2020. I'm not sure what that second-rounder in 2019 ended up being. I don't really care either, but... Um, this is crazy. I mean, I remember we were at lunch and another deal happened right before it. And then we saw this one when, oh my God, what's happening? Uh, what were your thoughts, original thoughts on the trade and thoughts now? Uh, don't trade with Ray Shiro, apparently. <laughs> yeah, like I thought it was great. I think everybody thinks it was amazing. Yeah. And I, I still do. I mean, you look at, um, I know when the, one of the biggest problems with Subban since he got to Nashville was how much he dumped the puck out, but uh, he did that with Montreal and was successful. But I mean, then you go and if you look at his underlying uh, breakout numbers, they're still insane. Like yeah. his, his zone exits, his zone entries are all still very, very strong uh, over the past couple of years. And yes, he has a big price tag on him. I would be a little worried about some of his underlying numbers. I mean, he's had down years in both of the past two years. And last year, he was bad. For like for him, anyway. Bad like, enough to be seriously concerning. Yes, and um, so you look at his two-year, or his three-year gap for his uh, shot chart, so his entries and ex- his exits are amazing, his entry defense is amazing, his entries aren't great, but they're still above average. Entries probably aren't the biggest thing to target for a defenseman no. either. His shot contributions are pretty good, so shot assists per 60, shot contribution per 60, shots per 60. Um, then you, when you look at the two-year one, it gets worse, but his entry defense and exits actually improve. And then if you just look at last year, he has only uh, 17 games tracked for this, but his entries are beyond pathetic, and then his exes and defenses also kind of fell a little bit too. And I know last year he had a, you know, it was a little concerning. And I kind of wonder from the devil's standpoint is he's gonna he's going to be back to being the guy in New Jersey where he's going to be the number one defenseman. That's what they're going to use him like. How will he fit that role? Yeah, everything's going to have to run through him. Which in one of that's why Nashville was really one of the perfect fits for him because you had three other elite defenders and he could just kind of do what he needed to do with Ellis on his by his side. Yeah, he was debatably Nashville's fourth best defenseman, but he's definitely going to be the man. Yes, and if I'm being honest, I, for some reason I thought his contract stretched longer than it does. Nine mil at three years, I mean, that could get ugly if he kept falling off, but even if he just stays to what he was last year, that's a very sw- uh, eatable contract if you're the Devils. I'd hope for a rebound from last year. 
I would too, but like I'm saying, because you know, like those, de- like for some reason, I thought he had five years left on his deal. No, he and, signed that a lot longer ago than I expected. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but he was in Nashville for what four seasons now. That sounds right. Like I, be- I bet you a lot of people would. Yeah, four seasons. Um, well, no, three seasons. Sorry. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of, especially if you're just getting into hockey recently, would identify Subban as a predator, not a hab, which. Seems strange to me because I just yeah. naturally associate him with the Habs because he was there for parts of seven years, well, six years, I guess. But still, um, yeah, I don't know. He's 30 years old, so like, is betting on a rebound risky? Kind, kind of. It's not riskless, but he also has such good priors that I'd be, I would be very comfortable making the bet that he rebounds. Yeah, and so... This kind of so the bigger if it's even it sounds weird to say the bigger storyline than getting PK Subban is this could real this really seemed like a move to convince Taylor Hall to stay. Oh yeah, this was just please Taylor please yeah. stay. PK Subban, uh, you have Nico Hischier and obviously uh, Hughes now. Uh, the team has a pretty solid looking future before that too. I mean Subban's thirty, obviously he's not going to be staying here for seven years or eight years, you wouldn't think, but. At the same time, I mean, they had a they made the playoffs two years ago. They came back down to earth last year, and now they're just kind of trying to find where they really fit. Um, you know, they got they picked up Sammy Vatten in this past year. Uh, they got Damian Severson locked in for four more years on the blue line. That's a nice contract. Yeah, uh, they got Will Butcher up this year that they got to resign. So I don't. They still have twenty five million dollars in cash space. They got to resign uh, Mirko Mueller, Will Butcher. Connor Carrick, if they decide to, but that's not a big name. Hopefully. Yeah. Stefan Nozen, uh, Pavel Zaka, and then a couple RFAs, but, or UFAs, sorry, but none of them are big Nothing names. big. Um, so there was a uh, rumor that Cheryl was not done yet, he said. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a report that came out today that um, said that there was still stuff on the table come uh, around the draft when they left, and he'll keep looking at it, so... They might try and use their $25 million in cap space for other uh, ways. I doubt that someone like Panarin, but you never... Like, I'm sure they'd ask him, but I don't think Panarin probably it's feels the same way. Yes, sure, it, it but... definitely is, but um, who knows if he feels the same way back. I haven't seen that link yet. No, so. I haven't either, and I, I wouldn't... Re- given what we know about Panarin, I wouldn't really yeah, assume it. Apparently, they're thinking about taking on bad contracts. Yeah. Yes, that was another... Cool. Yeah, so it was with almost $25.8 million uh, in available salary cap space, the Devils aren't done adding to the roster. They had a couple deals on the table leaving Vancouver this weekend. As a team, per Hughes, Weber told us Saturday, and they are willing to eat salary if they are enticed to do so. So uh, what we were kind of talking about a little bit, and that's from the fourth period, or David Pagnotta, I believe his name is. Um, so what we were talking about, I think a little bit last week, was, you know, what I really want to see is, so I, I came up with a article this past week about how Ottawa should use their cap space this summer, and the big one for me was eat bad contracts for... Um, Taking on or take on bad contracts, but get an asset with it. Like so, maybe a first round pick. Yeah. So unfortunately, Ryan Callahan looks like he might his career might be done. He was put yeah, on long term injury reserve this past week with uh, some kind of it was either a serious back injury or disease. I thought it was a back injury, but I could be wrong. I think it's also back injury, but it seems very unlikely he'll play hockey again, which is just unfortunate. Very unfortunate. That is sad. Um. So him, uh, David Clarkson. Oh, I, yeah, because like. They asked Clarkson to submit his no trade list. I, I heard have no that, idea why that's even. A thing. I heard that for taxes, taxes, something to do with taxes. Um, some of the Canadian markets might be blocked off. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's actually a thing or not. I did, I did say see someone saying that a couple people would say no. I feel like we grossly overrate how much taxes matter. Yes, I, I think, well, for, but if you're Clarkson, you're collecting taxes in the same place no matter what, because you're not working. That's I think fair. it does. Yeah, I think, I mean, we were talking about this the past weekend, there's, uh, we definitely overrate it when it comes to saying, um, like I saw, t- there was someone tweeting last night from Vegas, it was one of the Vegas beat writers for The Athletic, was saying that the deal that um, William Carlson signed for five, and we'll get into that in a little bit, um, for $5.9 million dollars. That would equal eight million dollars in Toronto, and that's just not true. And it, that was because of the cap thing or the taxes. And I know Cap Friendly has something like that on their thing, but apparently one of the biggest parts of it is half your taxes aren't taxed in the state you in the state your team's in because your taxes are taxed where you play. Yeah, so you're around the country. Well, yes. you're around North America, I guess, all year. Not even just the country. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not an expert on that at all, but that's just what. I think we've seen many times and been told by more than one people who have done taxes for pro athletes, apparently. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd agree that taxes are probably pretty overrated. I don't even remember where I was going with that. Um, who were we talking about? We were oh, talking David about the Clarkson. Devils, yeah, yeah, David Clark. Right, list, sorry. Yeah. David Clarkson. Yeah, and there was another name. But that's the kind of thing the Devils, I think, should do, too, to yeah. get back on track here is uh, – you know, take take some guys like that. They and, should have been all in on Patrick Marlowe. Yes, and, yeah, Marlowe was another good one. Um, and the key for me was to stay away from the Zaitsev contracts and the Milan Lucic contracts. Avoid term, yeah. Yeah, because it's more than just one or two years. You're going to need that cap space when you're they're still under contract. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't have much more on the Subban thing. I think obviously you said that they should hope for a rebound. I think that's a very fair thing to say. On Nashville's side, apparently they're going to take a run at Matt Duchesne, and I guess, like, you're in a window to go for it now. It's going to be funny when they overpay all four of their centermen, though, with uh, Duchesne, Johansson, Turris, and Bonino. Yeah, that's not a good look. Even though center is obviously their position of need, that's still a tough deal to eat. Yeah, and I will say Johansson, or, yeah, Johansson was better this year, I think, than in years past. Um but he's I, not bad. No, but. I still don't know if he was worth the contract that he's at. I think he's making what eight million. He signed eight by eight. Yeah, yeah. which is right. I think it just kicked in this past year. I'm not sure when it kicked in. It was, I think it was this past year, but I'm not sure. It had to be somewhat recently, but I'm not sure exactly when. Either way, uh, with Terrace's was just this year, right? Yep. With the Hayes signing, like Duchesne could get ten. Duchesne's going to be expensive. Um. Yeah. Like Duchesne could get quite a bit of. Well, he will get quite a bit of money. Yeah, like it wouldn't shock me to see him make over nine. No, I think it'd be a little rich for my blood. The market's set over a nine and a half, apparently. Actually. Um, well, Pierre Lebrun was saying that someone was tweeting, I wonder how much Duchesne's going to make with this Hayes comp. He said, right now it sounds about nine and a half is where teams will go. Wow. And uh, I don't know, free agency, I think if there's a couple teams looking for him, especially if, you know, center versus wing, but if a couple teams strike out on, say, like a Panarin, they might go, okay, well, we have a ton of cap space. Matt Duchesne, hello. Well, Duchesne is the second best forward available, right? Probably. And it depends where you go, especially if you include age. It's him and Pavelski in center are the only oh, two yeah. centers left. But yeah, no one's given Pavelski like a seven year deal or whatever. No. And um, yeah, and after that, it just falls off a cliff. Like, I think Derek Broussard's probably in the top five for UFA centermen. That's a tough one. Yeah. So. Uh, someone's going to pay him a lot of money, and it could be Nashville. That's a lot of talk about what they're freeing up this capital. Chris well. Johnson today said there's like a 100% chance he goes there. that Which is crazy. 
like in terms of just like I don't know. Well, we can get into that when it happens. Free agency will <laughs> yeah, be next sure. week. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about for that. Uh, for the actual return, pretty pathetic for Nashville. Two seconds. I'm always on the board of I don't mind two seconds rather than a late first. That's kind of like, yeah. I don't fine. hate that, but just what they actually got in terms of players. I mean, we hadn't even heard of Davies, or at least I hadn't. I don't know about you. No, apparently he's not a terrible prospect, but so that good. And then um, Stephen Santini is one of the worst players in the league. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was more. It was this clearly just a cap dump with two second rounders. Yeah, in it. like it, it can't Contracts be described. Back. And I mean, maybe maybe if you're David Poyle, you're looking at just betting that he doesn't. Subban's not going to rebound, but. Even then, it feels like they probably should have been able to get more than that for him. Yeah, I would have guessed he had, like, his market value is apparently close to Justin Braun. Yeah, which like, is inc- really sad. To maybe me. the 9 by 3 price tag that came with him scared a lot of teams off. Oh, that would definitely price some of the demand out of the market, but still. Yeah, uh, speaking of Braun, I guess we should go there. Uh, the Flyers made another pair of moves. We can't even remember if we talked about this. We're pretty sure we didn't last week. Um, we definitely didn't talk about the Kevin Hayes one, but we're also pretty sure we didn't talk about the Justin Braun one. We looked at the Niskanen for Gudis move last week, and we didn't really like it for the Flyers. Here's two more I don't love for the Flyers, um, for two different reasons. So they pick up Justin Braun from the San Jose Sharks, and in return they get... Second and a third. Uh, a se- or Sorry, the Sharks get a second and a third. So a second in 2019 and a third in 2020. That second rounder is a 41st, was a 41st overall pick. That seems like an insane amount to give up for a bottom pair defenseman who's the, making money. With the amount of money Justin Braun makes, you would be having to give me draft picks to take that contract on. Probably. I mean, it's <laughs> only for one more year, so maybe not... But, like, he's bad enough, I would view that as a cap dump deal, not a... Oh, for San Jose, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, like, I guess for San Jose, you could have seen a situation where they try and give something up so they can free up some space, but... Yeah, like, if San Jose had to put a third in there to get rid of that contract, I would have been like, well, Braun's results were bad enough in the past couple years that that's reasonable. Yeah, like, he makes 3.8 for one more year at 32 years old. I mean, again, this is kind of like what we were talking about last week, that... Flyers have the space for the cap room for it, but what are they doing? Well, they're slowly running out of it. Yeah, I mean, like, why? So they're down to $18 million in cap space with uh, Konechny Provorov and Provorov are the big two that they need to resign, and then a backup goaltender probably as well. And But, I mean, with Justin Brawley, he's just, why are you giving up a second and third for any bottom pair defenseman? No, just surely, like, Philip Myers or someone can play as good as Justin Braun. Yeah, and, like, the weirdest part about this was fan, Flyers fans love this deal. Yeah. They've loved both of the Gudis and this one because it's a new age or whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't get it. I don't I like either of these. And then you look at Kevin Hayes. I feel so bad that Kevin Hayes is going to be overrated now for the next couple of years because of his contract. I really liked Kevin Hayes as a player. I thought he was pretty underrated league-wide. I thought he had a really, really good year last year. Yes, but I, I think generally speaking, people viewed him as like a 3C, which I feel like is too low for him. Well, he's a weird one because last year you could argue he was like in that cadre tier of 1Cs, but before, like he doesn't have the priors to back that up. I probably wouldn't put him that high. I'd put him as like a fine 2C. I oh, mean, if he has the bad priors plus a good year last yeah. year, it probably balances out to a 2C or whatever. But... Like, 
I think so I've heard some people say he'd be an elite three C, and I agree with that. Like he's probably like the fiftieth, fifty fifth best centerman in the league. Yeah, he's tough to gauge because, yeah. like I said, his last year was so much better than the priors that I don't really know what to think of Kevin Hayes. I would put him in the middle. Either way, I wouldn't be paying my 2C who's already 27 years old 7.1 for seven more years. No, this seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. Especially, sorry, I should say, if you want to argue fringe 2C, but like, like it just, it seemed like too much. And, and like, they backed themselves in a corner because they traded for his rights to say, hey, we really, really, really want you. So he could hold out for pretty much whatever he wanted. Yeah, that's how to end up overpaying a player 101 is when you just tr- give something up to get them. Yeah, like, this, I I have not enjoyed the movie. And I, I like Kevin Hayes as a player. I think he'll be a fine... As far as UFA goes, he's relatively young. I think he'll nice be touch. a fine centerman behind Couturier. And maybe even Nolan Patrick, if Patrick can find his game permanently as a 2C or whatever in the NHL. Uh, I really like Couturier a lot. I think he's one of the most underrated centermen in the entire league. Yeah, Couturier's amazing. Um, so after that, I mean, like, at least Kevin Hayes doesn't have to be the guy. But, again, like, let's say the, they find a – if Nolan Patrick plays center full-time, goes up and takes over the 2C spot, are you paying your third-line center $7 million for the next five years or whatever? Yeah, that's I guess you are, but, like, that They must not believe it's terribly likely that Nolan Patrick's taking over the 2C role. I In guess they have to. Year or yeah, two, right? that or they think this core is much closer to competing than we believe in right now. I think this could be a playoff team next year as long as I Claude. Still think they're a good team. Yeah, like Claude Giroux, you're just banking that Voracek and Giroux aren't going to fall off here. Yeah, a big year from JVR would be a nice touch. Because I mean, you got 31, 29, 27, 30 as your top ages for your top four paid guys up front. On the back end, Niskin's 32. Uh, and then, you know, your blue line's pretty young. you got Gustav Bear, Sandheim's 23, Gustav Bear's 26, uh, Robert Hag's 24, Samuel Morin's 23, Ivan Provorov's 22, and uh, Sandheim just got a new deal as well. I guess we'll touch on that. I like that one a lot. That was an awesome deal. Uh, I would have liked them to, s- like to see them get term more than they did with Sandheim. That's probably why it was so low, though. Yeah. Um, 3.25 for two years is... Uh, a Steel is yeah. pretty much what it is. I, I feel like that second contract will get uh, pretty expensive yeah, could for them. them. But, but he'll provide way more value than his contract right indicates. now. So, again, maybe they just think they're close to going for it. I mean, I know last year if they would have had Carter Hart for the whole year, it was a good argument to be made. They could have made the playoffs. Yeah, their goaltending was pathetic last year. It was horrible. They went through like 10 different goalies. They set a record <laughs> yeah. for most of the season. Um, but, yeah, like you look at the, the, the core of the defense core is really young. Then you got, you know, Nolan Patrick, Travis Konechny, Sean Couturier up front as guys who are 22, 20, and 26, I guess. For Since they didn't get term with Sandheim, them getting term from Konechny would be really nice. Yes. And then in the more, in the minors, you got uh, Morgan Frost could be something. Yeah. You know, you got a couple other pieces they down there as well. They have a very good prospect pool. Yeah. Um, Isaac Ratcliffe as well. And I'm not Joel miss- Fabry. Yeah, Joel Fabry. Um yeah, so like they have a good looking team, but then again, it's kind of a divide between two ages. You got the thirty year olds and the younger twenty year olds, and they're just kind of trying to combine a core and go with it, I guess. Which maybe, like, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. Your older guys are pretty. Like Claude Giroux has been really killing it since he moved to the wing. Yeah, moving him to the wing a couple years ago was one of the best moves I've seen anyone make positionally wise in a long time. Yeah, as far as like breaking projections. Well, that that completely revived his career. Like yeah. he he looked like he might be a bio candidate 
as much as two years ago before he moved. Yeah, he still kept his power play scoring, but his actual on-ice numbers were just cratering. Yeah, and so, I mean, maybe not Biocan. I shouldn't probably, that's probably too far. But still, like, there Didn't was talk. Like a good contract. There was talk that they were going to try and cap dump him as soon as possible, and they moved him to the wing, and he absolutely lit it up, and he's done it for a couple of years in a row now, and he's really benefited from it. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you just try and go with this team and hope you can find some magic and go on a run, I guess, but... And then yeah. see where the cap takes you and figure out what you do with your contracts later. Yeah, I mean, they've signed a late 20-year-old to a seven-plus-million-dollar contract two years in a row, so they must believe they can contend. Yeah, they have like immediately, to. Immediately, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any other explanation for it. No. Uh, there's one more, si- uh, two more signings I guess we'll get to, and then we'll get to some trades. Uh, so William Carlson, I don't think this is actually official yet, but uh, the report is out of Vegas that he has signed a 59 AAV for eight years with Vegas. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I'm not entirely sure. I like it. I like it. I'll say I like it. I think it provides great value for right now because I think William Carlson has shown now in back-to-back years that he is at least a legit 1C, like yeah, that being the 30th right. center or whatever. Um, and, you know, on an ideal team, he's probably the 2C, but him and Stastny can kind of split that. It'll get it so five point nine million for an actual one C is very very good value considering what we're seeing guys start to make right yeah if talked about Kevin Hayes right there <laughs> true um the back end of this contract will probably look rough yes and I mean he'll only be thirty four when it ends but I mean betting on anyone into the thirties is always a bit of a uh, is obviously a big bet uh, I had a couple discussions on Twitter yesterday about any ufa contract that goes eight years there's a very good risk it goes wrong near the end what you need is for it to take advantage now yeah and vegas looks like they're in a position where they could win the cup next year and i don't think anybody would be that surprised no and i saw a couple people saying how dumb how dumb george mcphee is for how he's made this team and how quickly he's got them into a cap crunch and they're like look at every gm's just the same i was like well if my gm built built the team that went to the stanley cup finals and then added three legitimate pieces in patrick stastny and stone to make it better i would be happy if my gm was dumb like that yeah well that's the thing the stone contract put him over the edge and i think that's their best contract yeah oh but probably (laughs) i mean like Marcia So for five million is very very I mean, nice, that's a good but deal too. Uh, but just Stone's so much better than everyone else on the roster and almost everyone else in the league that him at nine point five is amazing. Yeah, I mean, like I guess you, the Theodore contract. Yeah, I say you go there. down the list of what the, who they sign. They sign Nate Schmidt, Shea Theodore. Like that's good. There's some other places where yeah, you got to get out of it. Like um, the Ryan Reeves contract, you shouldn't be paying him two point seven five no. million dollars, and that's why I think we talked about it last week. I can't remember, but. Actually, we might not. This might have been after two. There was big talk that they might trade one of Pacioretty or Statsing to try and make room for some uh, other players. Nikita Gusev still needs a new deal, or he needs to be traded to a different team. That's a really good player that you don't want to, or it looks like it could be a really good player that you uh, don't want to give up on. Um, you know, on the back end, you need to find room to sign a backup goalie in Malcolm Suman. It won't be much, but they don't have much space right now. They have zero dollars. The other thing that with their cap crunches. People online love to stress with draft picks. Like, you got to give them at least five years. And then Vegas took a team where they basically don't get anyone on ELCs. And everybody likes to stress how, like, people on entry-level deals are the best way to create, like, space for yourself. 
they they aren't going to have players on ELCs at the moment, so I'm not shocked. I mean, yeah, they'll have Cody Glass probably next year. Yeah, but like to this point, they have no, no one productive had, yeah. on ELCs. They've had what? I don't know. So Alex course, Tuck wasn't on the ELC, was he? He might have been last year, but. Of course, the team's going to be expensive when they're yeah no entry level deals playing prominent roles. And I mean, like you look at the guys at the bottom. Uh, the Clarkson one's a big thing. They're going to have to get rid of that Clarkson contract because yeah. they need to. He will be on the books at the start of the year, so it counts towards your cap. Yeah, so you yeah. don't want to get a penalty there. But yeah, you know, like there is ways to move or just get rid of some of these guys. I mean, I'm sure Reeves would get you something. So maybe they're waiting for to clear up some space. Maybe it's a Clarkson deal to get Carlson yeah, uh, announced. But yeah, you know, like get rid of Reeves. Um, you can somebody probably take cut Pierre of Edward Belmar. Like you're not re-signing him. You're probably you might not need to re-sign Ryan Carpenter. I know he was a fine depth piece for them, but you're, that's the sacrifice you're going to make for getting Mark freaking Stone. Yeah, it's an all right deal. Um, you know, maybe try and find one of. Uh, suitor for one of Thomas Nosek or Nikita Gusev and try and maybe keep the other if you can find it or you might just have to get rid of both. Like, you just keep Gusev. You would think so, but I mean, at the same time, like, they already have, what, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13 forwards under contract when Carlson signs and they have Cody Glass in the minors who you would assume would probably be up next year. I would, exp- I would think so, yeah. Like, you'd have to. I would Yes, they have Nicholas Hag in the minors as well. You know, they have a couple guys that they can bring up if they need to. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't I don't really know. I, I feel like there are ways to make space for this team. You're going to have to move the Clarkson deal, and maybe you tag along someone like Nikita Gusev if you have to, or even Thomas Nosek in a pick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, dump that deal. Yeah, to go for Clarkson. Um, I don't know what Nikita Gusev's value will be because I don't think he's played an NHL game in – he came over in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't but think he, he actually played. No, though. he didn't play a single game in the playoffs, I don't think. Yeah, no, he didn't. So he hasn't played an NHL game ever. His KHL numbers are pretty nuts. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he was one of the better players in the KHL. So I, it'll just be interesting to see what kind of value he brings on an open market if yeah, you trade him. Yeah, interesting. They have his rights, at least. So Yes, and I mean, at the end of the day, they might just try and sign him to one-year cheap deal and then go from there. But... Um, yeah, so there's William Carlson. That deal's not technically official, but it sounds like it's coming soon enough. And another one I wanted to touch on quickly was Alex Edler. Um, so this one was a bit of a fake-out because Friedman had reported on the Wednesday night or Thursday night that the deal was going to be three years with a no-move clause, or no-no-move clause, and it was going to be about $5.5 million. And then a 24 hours later, it got announced that there was a full no-move clause Two years, $6 million. Um, the big thing, I guess, for this was they didn't want him... They wanted to be able to expose him in the expansion draft in this upcoming year, or next year, I believe it is. Yeah. And he didn't want to be, so I believe with this full no-move clause means they have to protect him. Which kind of sucks. It does kind of suck. I mean, I think we'll, we can go take a look at their cap-friendly page. They got guys... They're, they're not going to have to protect um, Hughes... Like Quinn Hughes. That's a big one. Um, so you look at the other guys they have. They have their Tanev might not even be on their books next year because he's got like he'll be in a UFA technically. Yeah. Um, so they might not have like Troy Stetcher. They'll Stetcher's have to protect. The big one you want to protect. Ben yeah. Hutton, Derek Puglia, uh, and that's about like it between him and those three, and then Alex Edler. So I mean, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but like at the end of the day, you would have much rather exposed him, right? So, um. I don't. What do you think about six mil for two years for Alex Edler? 
it's not a great contract, but I... It feels like one of those that, like, it probably gets made better when you take in intangibles. Like, intangibles shouldn't justify just giving a guy six, but if you, you know, like, he's not a six... I don't think he's a $6 million player, but I I also don't think he's horrible by any means either. It doesn't sound like they had a clear way that they planned on replacing him no i I don't think they did at all like so if you're gonna overpay someone make it edler for two years and not say gardner and free agency for seven and this will break right into a trade because it kind of seems like this team is thinking that they can at least start to compete because they gave up next year's first round draft pick for jt miller in a trade i still don't understand this was a really strange trade to me. Because at least with the Subban trade, it's so crystal clear that they're freeing up cap space for Duchesne. So in this trade, so we know the Lightning needed cap space to try and re-sign guys like Braden Point. The Canucks openly gave them their first round pick. In a stack draft. In, yeah, in a stack draft in which we still don't know if they're going to be good. Like, I think the Canucks will still improve off of last year, so maybe they'll be a bubble team, but like... There could be still a chance that that's like the 10th or 11th overall pick. Yeah, it's top 10 protected. Right, yeah, so so 11th or 12th. I mean, even that, but you don't still... want to give that up. So, yeah, it was JT Miller from the Tampa Bay Lightning for Merrick Mazanek, which I believe is a goalie. Yeah. Um, the number 71 pick in 2019 and a conditional first in 2020. If it's top 10, it goes to 2021. Either way, this seems like a lot to give up for a guy in JT Miller who he's fine, but... Like I'm, if I'm the Canucks, especially if I'm the Canucks, I'm not trying to give up a first-rounder for JT Miller. Yeah, JT Miller is just, like, the definition of, like, a forgettable but good player. Like, if I'm a team looking for a cup run, maybe I give up a first for JT Miller. Yeah, because he's got some term left. Yeah, like, like that. four years at 5.25, which isn't horrible, but it just feels like such a weird deal to help a team in Tampa that you knew had some cap troubles. Yeah, it seems so unnecessary. They, uh... Markstrom had like a low-key really good year and Pedersen shot a pretty high percentage and yet they still didn't do all that well. Yeah, well, as soon as Pedersen went down, they just couldn't score at all. So I guess the Canucks must have a lot more faith in... I think if you go with a a Markstrom-Demko tandem in net, I I would be at least kind of confident in that compared to what other teams might have. Like you can do worse, for sure. Um, You know, on the blue line, you must just be hoping that Quinn Hughes steps up right away and then uh up front like again you just have to hope that Horvat and um Pedersen just keep taking a step forward and helping your team grow um because I I really don't know how else this team's going to improve uh, like um big year out of Hughes would be helpful more than helpful yeah I mean they picked up Tanner Pearson I guess as well for a full year like I don't like that trade at the time player, yeah you got you added at least another roster player Vertanen um, could take a step, too, I guess. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of guys that, that Brock Besser, they still need to sign. Uh, Nik- Nikolai Goldobin, they've been talking about trading him, but they want to re-sign him if they can't trade him. They're not just going to trade him for scraps, is what they've said. They should definitely not do that. And boy, oh boy, is the Jay Beagle contracts looking not great right now. And Antoine Roussel. Roussel's not nearly as bad as Beagle's. Beagle's makes my head hurt. Yeah, they both got four years, $3 million, so they both have three years left, and they both have modified no-trade clauses. Fifteen teams for Beagle. That's yeah, insane. That sucks. And that then sucks a lot. For Roussel, it's 15 teams, and then it goes down to eight, and then five. Beagle's is Probably 15, something. and then five in the last year, so 15 yeah, for the okay. first two. But like, that's crazy. 
Yeah, the, it's just it's a waste of a roster spot too. It it really is. Like the I mean, right now they've got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen guys technically up, and that's without Brock Besser, Marcus Granlin still needs to be signed, Nikolai Goldobin, Josh Levo. You have a decision to make on. He was pretty fine. Like he was fine for them when he came over. There's at very least three NHL players in those people. Yeah, and you already have thirteen guys under contract now. Maybe someone like Adam Gaudet goes back down or. I guess you can bury that Tim Chowler contract pretty easily, bury, so there you go. But, I mean, Ryan Spooner, maybe, do you bury or try and trade somewhere else again? Like, I forgot he was a Canuck. Yeah, like I mean, there's a couple ways to get rid of it. It just feels like they're really clogging up their forwards and they don't need to. And on the back end, you've got Edler, Tanev, Stetcher, Hughes, um, and then you have Ben Hutton, you got to resign. Derek Puglia, you got to figure out what you're doing. Probably resign, I would assume. Yeah, they just have a ton of roster players. They really do. And then, so, I mean, a handful of these guys will probably just let go or sign to minor league two-way deals. Get or sent whatever, down but, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they have a couple guys that probably want to start looking, thinking about uh, hopping up again. You know, Brendan Gauntz was a bit of a, a back-and-forth player. He's 25, but you'd think he'd probably want to try a death roll again at some point. Uh, Cole Lind. And what was the other one? Uh, Jonah Godovich. I don't know how their development's going, but I know they were pretty promising at one point as well in terms of just being something anyways. Um, and then you still have Ole Ulevi in the minors. you got to figure out if he can crack a roster or not because he's gotten to the point where if he can't crack it, crack it this year, it's kind of looking not great for him. He's already 21 years old. Yeah, which is... Like if he oh, can't, you'd like to see him take a step. Soon. If he can't crack the roster now, it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, why should I believe this guy's going to be anything more than a depth pairing at best? Like, yeah, you'd like to see some strides. So yeah, they have a bunch of decisions to make this year. That's for sure. Um, I have two, three more things. I feel like we'll spend a lot of time spending on the last one, so we'll go with two Winnipeg-based things: a horrible trade, and then an even more disastrous possible free agent signing. <laughs> Uh, so we'll start with the trade. Jacob Truba, I love this trade for the New York Rangers. This was awesome. Jacob Truba goes to the New York Rangers. I will pull up the full thing for Neil Pionk. Pionk, I think. Pionk, Pionk, whatever. First round pick in the 2019 NHL draft, which is what I believe was Winnipeg's because they gave it up for Hayes. Yeah, they got their own first back. Um, so it was like 20th overall, I believe. This is... The, the only way this will even... I can't even say backfire, but backfire for the Rangers is if Truba goes to free agency and walks away anyways. Yeah, but and he's the, just not going to do that. I don't think he will. One of the biggest the biggest spot he wanted to go to was New York somewhere. Is what It was rumored that um, apparently yeah. he had turned down a deal from Toronto, I believe. I thought I heard earlier in the year. Or would turn down a deal from yeah. Toronto uh, because he wanted to go back to America. I think his family's from there. He's from there. I posted a thing about his girlfriend in med school. Yeah. going to be easier for her. If he's in the States. Exactly. So uh, he wanted to go back to America. New York around there was where he kind of wanted to go. And the Rangers are a good fit. I, I'm i starting to really like this Rangers team going forward. Yeah, so I um, guess they've transitioned from tearing it down to building it back up. Yeah. And that's what this trade says. I mean, uh, Capo Caco at second overall will help you do that too. I mean, they got their high-end talent. They'll definitely try and keep adding. And I mean, but this trade was huge. It'll be interesting to see if they keep going after Panarin as well. I don't know if they will. Maybe Apparently, they will. Apparently, him to Florida is very likely. So. Well, I say him and Bobrovsky are meeting in with Florida this week. So Yeah, that's but, another thing Chris Johnson said today, that he thinks that's almost certainly going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you look at this team, 26-year-old Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, 
going to get traded this year, I think. Uh, I mean, there was rumors that he might have got traded at the draft, but... They might resign him. I feel like you could get a nice haul. I think they'll trade. I, I don't know. He's 28, He's and you're going to get a good haul for him. Yeah, and they have a nice amount of prospects, so I'd probably look to get a ton of futures for him because I think you can get a lot for Chris Kreider. He's a good player. Uh, yes, he's he a very good player. You deserve a lot for Chris Kreider. Yeah. Leas Anderson, good. Phil Chaitel, Brett Howden, all good, solid young guys coming up. Uh, I, we, I think we're both on the same agreement where we say we like Pavel Bichnevic. We wish he got a little bit more of a shot. Um, then you look at the roster guys. Jimmy Vesey's fine. He's got a con- they got a couple guys with contracts coming up next year. Vesey's in a lot of trade talks. Yeah, Vlad Nemestikov, Ryan Strom. Like those are all fine roster guys. I mean, to fill out what should be the bottom of your roster eventually, or even coming this year, right? Um, yeah, they're fine. Yes, we're fast. And another guy. And then on the back end, you got Kevin Shattenkirk, that arbitrage Mark Stahl contract. <laughs> I forgot about uh, Mark Stahl. Brady Shea. Uh, Brendan Smith, Adam Fox, who they got this year as well. Uh, I don't even want to know how to pronounce this first name. Is it Libor? Libor Hayek. Yeah. Jacob Truba now, obviously. It sounds like Frederick Clayson's going to go, which is kind of sad. But uh, Anthony D'Angelo as well. And then in net, you got Lundqvist, uh, Gorgiev, and I believe they have someone in the minors as well. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Igor Shesterkin? Yeah, he's a is that very it? good goalie prospect. Yes, yeah, so... Um, they have a good future in front of them. Um, I loved this uh, Truba deal. They like really quickly turned themselves into having one of the brightest futures in the league. Yeah, and I mean they have so far they have seventeen point five mil a million in cap space this year, and just on a rough glance, there looks like there's going to be thirteen. 13 I'll say nineteen or so coming off next year, and they they still have some RFA's to resign, obviously. Yeah, they don't have, like, a long, long-term albatross. No, not at all. And, I mean, oh, it's true. Bizarre. Sorry, never mind. In two years, they, no, 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 never mind. I don't know what I'm saying. At the end no. of this year, yes, they have the a end. lot of their establishment coming off the books. Yeah. So, is Truba an RFA this year? Yeah, he's an RFA at the moment. Oh, I didn't even know that. Right, because he could sign a one-year deal. Okay, never mind. I totally forgot. I forgot he had, I thought he had one more year left. But, either way, uh, he'll definitely sign the one-year. And then... Um, oh, I bet you he signs long-term. I would also assume that, but if he's really that into trying to test the free market, it depends what they're offering him, obviously. Yeah. But the point is they have cap space, and then next year they got a bunch of guys coming off the books, and not guys you need to replace necessarily. Like, Chris Kreider's the biggest Chris one by Kreider far. would hurt to lose. But, I mean, you're probably going to get assets for him, is what I'm saying. Like, oh, you're yeah, you trade get for him, right? Like, well over a first-round pick. But, I mean, Kreider. like, guys like Nemestikov, Strom, VC... Uh, fast, and then got Matt Valeski. You know, some of those guys, like, they're good roster players, but you can replace them. Those are the easiest things to find. So. Especially a team with a ton of, like, a great young base. Yeah, so um, I, I really enjoyed this deal from the Rangers' perspective. Uh, when you look at Winnipeg, their best-case scenario is taking him to arbitration again, get him one-year deal, and he was going to leave next uh, offseason. So in the terms of just trying to get something back, I understand it. I don't think they got the right stuff back. No, it's too uh, bad for ne- Winnipeg. Pion- Poink or Pionk really struggled last year. I mean, he is young. I think he's 20, but he... Really- he's not that young. No? There's a lot of shades of Cody Cece in the arguments for him. 23, oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, this is... And he's like... Like, his numbers are very negative. He's got the classic quality of competition excuse, young excuse, even though he's really not that young. Like, there's a lot of shades of Cody Cece in the arguments for his play. This 
this Winnipeg team could get destroyed way quicker than they were even built. Like, I mean, they're talking about trading Nick Ehlers, which would just be a giant mistake. Yeah, trade turning around and having to trade Ehlers for a Trouble replacement would suck. They have Brian Little under contract for five more years. They have Blake Wheeler under contract for five more years, and I like Wheeler, but... That's His five-on-five game is fallen off and pretty hard recently. That's just going to keep getting uglier, uglier whole, at 32. Yeah, the whole team's five-on-five game's kind of fallen yeah. off. This is a team that really needs coaching change, in my opinion. Um, and it really needs to keep Nick Ehlers. Yes. Um, and then on the back end, you got Morrissey. I love Joshua Morrissey a lot. Uh, Bufflin, 7.6 for two more years. That's not going to burn you at all, I don't think. Bufflin's still very, very good. That's fine. Uh, you really need Sammy Niku to step up next year if you want anything. And then here's the big one I was talking about. Today, a report just came out. Out that, um, I forget who it was who said it, but someone believes that Tyler Myers' uh, deal in free agents this the Wow, sorry. Free agency this year would be $8 million at seven or eight years, which is just, just insane. <laughs> like, I do. Yep. So it's from uh, uh, Renaud Lavoie, a hockey reporter for TVA Sports, so uh, French. Uh, I do believe Myers will be a seven-year contract. It could be $8 million per season. $6 million might be a bit low. GMs are looking at the cap being lower and demand for young players. Could be less money spent free agency, but there's a lot of demand for defensemen. If some team gives him $8 million, and especially if that's Winnipeg, I don't think it'll be Winnipeg if it's $8 million. I don't think it'll be Winnipeg. But any team doing this, give your head a shake. So here's another <laughs> one I saw. There are five defensemen in the entire NHL making $8 million plus. Carlson, Doughty, Subban, OEL, and Burns. Adding Tyler Myers to that list should be a fireable offense for whichever GM bites. Yes. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better yes. myself. I just... That's... in. I don't have words for that. It's just the least shocking thing. And that was uh, Harmon Dale. Dale for... Uh, he writes for The Athletic Vancouver. Boy, genius. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know what to say to that. No, I couldn't have said that better to myself, though. Like, if your GM gives him $8 million, that should be a fireable offense on the spot. Yes, absolutely. And, like, Winnipeg doesn't have the cap space to do that going forward. I mean, they need Patrick Line and Kyle Connor re-signed this year. Um, they're going to have Joshua Morrissey up next year, Sammy Niku up next year, Jack Roslevic up next year. Um, well, the reason it was uh, topical for Harmon is because he was meeting with the Aquilini or with the owner of Vancouver yesterday. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I just, no team should do this, and yet I, some team absolutely will. I think. Yeah, Jim Ben. The fact that he's been meeting with Vancouver's owner and Jim Benning's free agency record wouldn't inspire a ton of confidence in me. No, not at all. Like, not even a little bit. No, I'd be quite worried about that if I was a Canucks fan. Some team is going to do that, and that's going to that's going to be the next Jack Johnson. Uh, who else? It'll be like the Lucic contract for defense. Yeah, basically. yes, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, Jack Johnson. I think everyone knew was bad right away too. But at least the Johnson one's only three million. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, the Lucic is probably the best one that you could compare it to. Just the defensive version. Yeah, it'd be a worse Chris Russell. Yeah. Like, double just, the length, double the size. Like just that would it'd just be so brutal. That would be horrific. There's no good part about that deal. I don't even think Tyler Myers is better than a fourth defenseman now. Yeah, like if you wanted to passionately argue that he is a four, I would I'd say he's like a four five. slash five. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you're 
even thinking about giving seven years to that, let alone at the price tag. Well, he's pretty clearly Winnipeg's fourth most important defenseman. Or was. Was, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I and think if they would have just given Sammy Niku a chance, he could have been the fifth most important defenseman. Yeah, and it looks like he's going to command more than everyone ahead of him on the depth chart. Which is just... Hey, I mean, good for him and his agent, I guess. But uh, Very good for his agent. This is the only time that... Having a cheap owner makes me happy because <laughs> you're not because be in I bidding war. have never had to be worried about just throwing insane amount, insane amount of money at some bad player. Oh, Bobby Ryan. Yeah, but that wasn't even free agency. That was That's trade. True. Like, and then you had to sign it. But and I mean, again, I'll defend that contract to at least some extent till the day I die. Um, but yeah, like it's just I I can't believe that teams haven't learned yet. Like it kind many... of looked like they were about to. Like, the term was starting to short. It looked like it was happening. Sometimes, yeah. But then every time we seem to get to July 1st, there's, like, five guys left, and teams just go absolutely nuts for those guys. It's it's crazy. It is insane. We have one more thing. Another not-great UFA signing that happened, but now is off the books. The Toronto Maple Leafs traded Patrick Marlowe to the Carolina Hurricanes for a sixth. Toronto also gave up their first round pick next year and a seventh. I believe the first is lot or top ten protected for next year. It's a, it's definitely protected on some kind. I don't remember. I what. think it's top ten. Protected. I think it's top ten as well. It's going to top five or top ten. Um, so pretty much, if the Leafs don't or if the Leafs miss the playoffs and fall into the lottery, it would be uh, twenty twenty one first instead of twenty twenty. I believe is the deal. Yeah, it gets pushed back here. Yeah. Um, I really love this from Carolina's perspective. I think this is the perfect use of. Uh, cap space in terms of how you should get assets. The dream way to use cap space. Yeah, yeah. I, this is kind of what I wanted Ottawa to do. Uh, do this with $6 million. Don't give Tyler Myers $8 million. Exactly. And uh, I guess Carolina wants to convince Patrick Milo to play for them, which I found is a little weird. But if they can't do that, the plan is to buy him out, and sounds like he's going to go back to San Jose on a cheap deal. Um, That'd be nice to see. Yes, I don't really know if you're San Jose. Like, I guess he could play your fourth line. If he takes a league minimum deal, he'd be yeah. crazy not to bring back a fan favorite for 500 grand. Him and Jumbo Rock in the third line next year? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I'm a little confused by them wanting him to play for them next year. Yeah, that was the most confusing part of this trade from Carolina's perspective. From any perspective, I think. I think it makes total sense from the Leeds. We'll get to that in a second as well. But, I mean, yeah, like, from like Carolina's... It's not even that, like... I think Patrick Marlowe is probably underrated in just terms of how much hate he got in Toronto. He's pretty bad. He's not good, but, like, the biggest problem I have with him, and it's the same problem I'd have with him in Carolina, is he doesn't fit Toronto or Carolina's game. Both of those games are nice, fast, up and back and forth. He doesn't fit that. No. If it's a San Jose game, like a depth game anyways, much better, I would say. Yeah, he definitely doesn't fit Toronto's game. Or Carolina. Yeah, like a change of scenery... And but I mean, hurt him. Yeah, and I mean, like, even in Toronto, like, I feel like if he would have just been used a little more properly on, like, a fourth line, he could have been at least more valuable than he was. He was... But, yeah. like, you can't be playing him with Austin Matthews and then William Nylander for 100% of the season. Yeah, like, he's just not... He's a replacement-level player if you have rose-colored glasses on. Imagine if Andrei Svechnikov gets bumped down the lineup again because Patrick Marlowe is playing his place. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah, I feel like that... He's just not playing happen, in our top six. I would no. be fairly certain of that. Yeah. Either way, I, I like the, the use of assets. I think if you buy him out, um, that's part... Like, hey, good job. Uh, they don't get any cap relief from that, but hey, guess they who doesn't need it. need 
They have a solid $21 million in cap space right now. They need Aho re-signed, uh, Justin Williams, and then their goalies. So they're going to have to go find somewhere else in goalies, but um, that's not going to cost more than $21 million, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I really liked it. You picked up a first next year. It might not be a super high one. It could be a mid-range one, depending on who Toronto runs into or whatever happens. But You're looking at between 15 and 30, basically. And in a stacked draft, I mean, hey. I'll take it. Yep, that's a, ve- that's a very good use of cap space, and... I don't want to hear anyone in Ottawa say, well, we can't do that because Melnick's cheap because... <laughs> the financial powerhouse that is the Hurricanes did it. Exactly. So, um, popular buyouts. Patrick Milo is now number one on the uh, Cap Family page. Uh, that doesn't shock me at all. Carl Osner and then Louis Erickson, along Lucic and Brent Seabrook follow that up. Uh, Ryan Spooner, out of all names, for Vancouver. David Back is Brendan Smith. Uh, just as a fun little thing. Looking at it from Toronto's perspective, uh, I get why it had to be done. I thought a first was more than I thought it would have been, actually. Me too. But at the same time, I feel like that probably was the market. Yeah, it's a lot of freaking money. Yeah, well, I mean, it's $6.25 million. Dead money that you actually have to pay. Yes, and um, and it's not like they couldn't... They, they, the problem was I don't think they could keep it until July 1st, because there was something... I think Milo has a signing bonus on July 1st that could have helped the Leafs quite a bit, but... They there was between the RFAs and stuff like that. They had to uh, get it done now. I assume you do it now to avoid because you're scared of offer sheets. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the two guys. They immediately went. And re- they haven't technically re-signed them just yet. But... The other thing is, he had a second signing bonus. His whole signing bonus wasn't July first. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know that was possible, but yeah, apparently mm-hmm. that was part of it. Um, yeah, you look at the two guys. They re-signed right away, and I think it was the two most likely candidates for an offer sheet. Uh, if we're being realistic and if a team wanted to be smart and that's Kasperi Kapanen and uh, Andreas Janssen and they sign I don't think this is official yet either actually. neither of them are official no. they said they're waiting till Marner signs to actually do it but okay well or gets offer sheeted who cares <laughs> um, no. some people definitely care <laughs> <laughs> um, but I believe both were at the three between three point two and three point five million dollars, uh, hold on, Andreas Janssen was four and Kasperi Kapanen was three years, right? Yep. Um, that's both very respectable deals and very good got uh, deals for guys who are going to be in your middle to top six for the entirety of that contract or until you have to trade it if you get into a cap crunch. Yeah, they're perfectly reasonable contracts. Um, they'll prob both of them should provide more value than that on the ice. I would assume so. I mean, I think. Kasperi Kapanen, for sure. Kapanen, yeah. Um, I mean, Johnson might be a fair deal. I mean, maybe even more. Toronto's four seventh-round picks this coming draft. I love that. That is... That's something, all right. That's for sure. They have Edmonton, San Jose, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. Not even their own. It's so unnecessary. <laughs> they, they have a second, third, fourth, two sixth, and four sevenths. That's how you acquire draft assets, yeah, exactly. Um No, but they have uh, about $13.5 million in cap space. So when you include those two contracts, that'll go down to about ooh, $6 million or so. <laughs> really make me do math here. $6 million uh, for Marner, so they're clearly going to have to find some more space if they wish to re-sign Marner. Brown's almost certainly gone. I would, and I think Zaitsev has a pretty good chance of being gone, too. Dubas talked about that, though. He, he wants another D-back, yeah, is what I saw. He's like, some like as much as... It's suboptimal to have Zaitsev in the role he's been in. Somebody does actually have to fill those minutes, and it's not really clear who would do that. I feel like that's why last year you should have been giving Travis Dermott more of a role. 
Like he should have been taking those Zaitsev minutes instead of Nikita Zaitsev. So Ideally, you, yeah. So you knew that you like so you'd know if you were ready or not because I mean Riley, uh, Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, Travis Dermott. That's a solid top three to have there. And then you look at guys. You hope that one uh, one of Lilligren or Sandine can step up. Probably not both, but maybe both. Who knows? You have Justin Hall under contract. He can be a depth D for you at six or seven. And then you need to find someone else for that five role. Maybe you sign Ron Hainsey as your third pair defenseman again and play Hainsey Hall. I really hope they don't sign Hainsey again. <laughs> There's been talk that they I might. I just don't want Babcock to have. That I wouldn't toy trust. Again. I wouldn't trust uh, Babcock using Hainsey again. I think if you could re-sign him and actually justify putting him in a third pair role, I think he'd thrive at that. If I'm being honest, yeah, he'd be fine. He was good there with Dermot last year, and I mean, I know a lot of that's probably Dermot, but even like. Just them together were very, very, very good in the third pair role. Well, everyone who plays with Thurman has good. Yeah. When did he play with Thurman? It was right after the Muzzin trade for like four games. Oh, it was a very short sample size because then Muzzin and Riley had one bad game, so uh, Hainsey went right back up. But yeah, um, yeah like I kind of get that you need someone back. I understand that, but like, geez. You just got to do it cheaper, ideally. Yeah, like I just. I don't know what you do, I guess. The Dubas is going to have to get creative. You're going to have to. Even though Marlowe's gone. So, Stephen Birch was getting ripped on Twitter for this, but his idea was um, Connor Brown and Nikita Zaitsev to the Edmonton Oilers for Jesse Pugliarvi and it was Matt Benning. Matt Benning. Take your Jesse Pugliarvi in that deal and maybe add something else. Like a pick or something, and as a Leaf fan, I would really like Jesse Pugliarvi to stay in. That I, deal. I know, but you're not. I don't <laughs> no, think you're going to get that no, done. I like, would be. I would do something stupid if that actually went through. Yeah, that, I mean, he was getting ripped apart from a lot of people on yeah. both sides of it. I think, and it was uh, Jonathan Willis replied and was kind of like, "That's an absolute non-starter. Like, there's no way the Oilers do that." Yeah, the uh, back to excited guys. That's another Leafs prospect. Basically, they always talk about how like. Just going out and ripping someone off in a trade should never be your plan. Yes, not at all. Um, Matt Benning makes 1.9 for one more year. I do like Matt Benning in terms of uh, a middle-to-depth guy. Yeah, I'd be. Like, if you if fine. you go... If he's functional. I, I just don't, I don't see... Maybe you could go Benning for Brown. I would do that. And then flip Zaitsev somewhere else. Because I don't see the Oilers taking on Zaitsev. It's too big of a contract for too long on a team that doesn't have cap space. No. And maybe if Peter Shirelli was still in charge, maybe. But I've liked everything that Ken Holland has done. And I, I think he knows he's right up against the cap. He's not going to be able to bring in someone like Zaitsev. No, the Oilers bringing on Zaitsev seems really unlikely to yeah, me. Yeah, but I mean, maybe you could go like Benning for Connor Brown. I would do that. And then Zaitsev, you might have to cap dump him. Or, yeah. or, like, just take nothing back for him, maybe. That's too bad they need the cap space now, because Zaitsev and Muzzin were a good enough pair. Ideally, you could run that out next year for a little bit. Yeah, but you can't, you're not going to be, unless someone offers Sheets Marner at 11.6 or above. Or you bridge Marner. Yeah, I don't know if Marner will do that, though. By the sounds of it, probably not. But... Although, yeah, I don't know. It depends what the AAV would be, I guess, too, because I don't think... Bridging Marner would be an awesome idea for the Leafs either. If you're going to have to pay him 8 or 9 still. Oh, not if you have to give him Yeah, But I, I feel like that would probably be around the price tag. Would it not? Like I, I feel like I don't see Marner taking like a two-year deal or three-year deal at 5 or $6 million at all. No, I would even really Even 7 I don't think. Really, really surprised if he took that. Yeah, I mean he wants 5 by 11 right now. Or, 
or maybe even more. But apparently, he turned down eight by ten. Yeah, and because he doesn't want eight years, and I don't. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm trying to think of teams that they could send sites out to. Uh, the problem, I mean, even if you have to dump him or not get anything for him, Vancouver was will was rumored to be one of the interested teams, but I bet you eight million dollars to Tyler Meyer pulls them right out of that. Market. <laughs> I was gonna say, so maybe you just cross your fingers that the Tyler market Tyler Myers market is too high and they go for Zaitsev instead. Well, that's what uh, I think it was Chris Johnson again saying. Basically, Zaitsev feels like a July fifth trade, not a draft day one or whatever. Wait till someone strikes out in free agency. That's probably your time to go for it. Yeah, I mean, if you just offer literally nothing for him and you have Matt Benning on your team, do you think Columbus would take a swing on him? I don't know. I think more teams would take a shot on him than hockey Twitter, or at least hockey nerd Twitter thinks. I think there would be a lot of teams that would, just because, like, Chicago maybe? Yeah, like, I'm sure you could convince... Uh, they got a lot of money tied up to their decor, I guess. Not even just Seabrook, but yeah. Like, Keith, if you don't Adam expect Murphy. anything back, I bet you a lot of teams would be interested. It'd be Jeez. the second you start asking for stuff. Trading him for Dominic Cahoon and tripping, uh, switching Cahoon with someone instead of having that only model one would have been nice. Yeah, I don't know what the contract they, was. I don't there. know what they follow. Uh, yeah, like if you would have done the Mata trade, but with Zaitsev instead. That's an expensive decor for how bad it is. Yeah, like they're $23 million and they still need to re-sign Gustav Forsling, which is someone I think you should absolutely be trying to re-sign if you're the Hawks. Yeah. Because, I mean, like you just Don't look walk. down at Seabrook, Keith, Mata, Murphy, Gustafson, Cuckoo, Dahlstrom. Who they got in the minors? Yokohar, you yeah. better hope he's a number one defenseman <laughs> sooner rather than later. Adam Boquist, I guess, as well. Same with Boquist. Yeah. Um, who did they take in the draft this year? Uh, oh, was it Byram? No. No, it was, it was Doc. Pass. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see where you can move it if you're the Leafs. Uh, I think that's enough. We're almost at an hour, and... Yeah. Uh, free agency is next Monday, I believe. It falls on the 1st every year, right? Whatever July 1st is. Yeah, it's on the so Monday. It's on the Monday, so we'll probably record on the Tuesday. I'll probably have ball on the Monday. But, uh, yeah, we'll have a free agency podcast as soon as we possibly can out for you next week. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Find my work at lastwordonhockey.com. I have rumors and stuff going out most Wednesdays, and I did a piece on how Ottawa should use their cap space. Um Follow me on Twitter at NHL Sons and stuff. Chase at CM Hockey 66. Do you have anything to add? I don't think so. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all next week.